0: Oh, I can't delete that. I'm going to have to move that here. Where's the file for that? I was supposed to have papers on this somewhere. God, i got to get this place cleaned up. This is ridiculous. Look at the mess. This is all my fault. How many shelves are here? 17 shelves. He has 17 shelves.
1: That's why we don't have land wars. Whoa, whoa. Hey. What's going on he here?
0: I'm, I'm trying to clean up, man. There's, uh... I've got, like, over... What is this? Seven... Oh, you know what? I have a whole season of actual play here that could be airing. Aw, oh, Justin, I'm so sorry.
1: I'll have <laughs> to get that added wait, in. Wait, wait. You mean Justin Lowmaster?
0: Yeah, he, he sent me some good stuff, and I just... I've been remiss about reviewing and putting it out. What? Well, it's the Edit Bay Nine Thousand, and it's looking like it's the the, the trash compactor Nine Thousand. There's too much stuff in here. Jeff,
2: oh, yeah. I I I put you in charge of this
0: important piece of equipment in my absence, and well, and I know. this
2: this is what you've done
0: with it. Hey, I had to like pull things off the shelves so I could figure out where things were organized. It, there's not even a Dewey Decimal System in here.
1: Well, you know, sometimes we just need a little spring cleaning in here, Jeff.
0: Yeah. It is a good season. Spring is in the air. Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Jeff Romo, full of that sunshine, and with me, like a ray of sun himself, Mr. Daniel Fisher.
1: Hello, Jeff. How are you today? (laughs) Tippy-tappy with a song (laughs) of my heart. Listen to all that sibilance. You know what? We have somebody special in the house today. Somebody that doesn't get to come onto the show very often anymore. I know, I know, and and I'm,
0: I'm really happy about it. So everybody, uh, a warm welcome to your friend and mine, Mr. Sunshine himself, Mike Perna.
1: Whoa, whoa, wait. I thought it was Sean. <laughs> Sean.
0: No, 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 no,
2: no, no, no. Am I the only one when Jeff was introing suddenly felt... Like you were transported into that scene in Monty Python, the Holy Grail in the Swamp Castle, and <laughs> looking Jeff just looking out over the window and he just <laughs> uh, has to
0: I want to sing <laughs> No 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 not doing any of that and put off an the <laughs> music Well of course Michael of course any opportunity that we have to look back on things of the Monty Python variety, it's a it's a good day. It's a real good day. It's good to
2: be back with you, gentlemen. Let me just say, I'd love to say that I have many varied exploits in gaming, but I don't. I mostly have <laughs> app games because uh, <laughs> the reason I haven't been with you, gentlemen, is because my schedule is ridiculous. However, I will say that and this this isn't, like, a big deal, so it's not going to... We're not, like, skipping ahead to On the Horizon or anything. But I have not one, but two upcoming D&D games. <gasps> wow. One of which I'm running, and one of which I am participating. I'm very excited about that fact.
1: I'm very excited, because soon I'll get to be in a Dungeons & Dragons game that I'm not running.
2: It's always great when you're, when you're the... the I don't know, the local GM, and suddenly somebody's like, no, I want to run a game for you. You're like, R- really?
1: Yeah,
0: I'll do it. I don't even think I pause for a really. I just say, okay, yes. <laughs> Done. Done. That's awesome. They start saying, they start saying I want to run, and I'm a yes. I owe you a legitimate uh,
2: game where I DM for you because our the beginning of the... Uh, Numenera game that we put, like, two videos worth of stuff on was right around when my insanity started. So, it kind of, that campaign was kind of dead on the vine.
0: I marked it on my ledger. Don't you worry. It's there. It's there. But
2: I can actually jump in and kind of give a little quick little bit of announcement in case anybody missed it. If you don't know, due to the rampaging success of season one of The Glass Dagger... Uh, we actually opened up a brand new podcast feed. That's right, folks. Inroads roads plays the podcast.
1: I was impressed that people were buying shirts for it. I mean, did we really get some fans on that?
2: We actually have had multiple people buy Dragon Scout t-shirts, and I worked really hard on that design, Daniel, so I want you to not be so surprised that somebody wanted them.
1: All right, first of all, I haven't seen the shirt. I haven't clicked on it to look at it because I, my wife doesn't let me wear printed tees hardly anymore. Nah, And I love printed tees. I really do. Like, especially ones that say stupid things and anybody out there, I'm a three XLT.
2: I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Part, part of the reason that I designed that shirt uh, is because of the fact that I want to make sure that the, the dragon scouts come back for season two.
0: Hey, I'm just I'm just glad that they managed to save one or two of the the kobold trio because yes. had they not, then they would have been kobold scout ghosts, and then we'd have to figure out something else for that. But
2: going back to my announcement, uh, it's not going to be consistent, as in like a regularly scheduled thing, because actual play content is very hard to do consistently. But anytime we do any kind of actual play thing, rather than have it just kind of filter through the Game Store Profits podcast feed, we want to give it its own space. Not only because it deserves its own space, but also because we want to be able to open up stuff because so much of our role-playing content that we've given to people has been video stuff, which is great, don't get me wrong, but it's also a lot of production and it's a lot of getting stuff together, and it's really challenging to make that work. Audio stuff, on the other hand, while not zero production, is significantly easier to pull together because you can edit stuff in, you can bring somebody in, you know, other, other places. You can you know, There's a lot more workarounds for doing audio content. Yeah, it's a little
0: bit more forgiving, that's for sure.
2: Right, so the likelihood that we'll be able to pull stuff off like the Glass Dagger, or I've been toying with the idea of doing a game of Reflections. Yeah, that would fit well. It would fit very well with audio content. So, like, stuff like that, whenever we get the gumption to make that kind of stuff happen, it has a home. It's not eating up the Game Store Profits, so it's not like just a bonus episode of Game Store Profits. It's legit actual play content so
1: oh it's so cute
2: if you go to your podcast your podcatcher of choice and look up inroads plays you'll find it and that way if you just make sure that you subscribe to that channel whenever we put out any kind of role-playing stuff any kind of actual play content you will be there to to get that if you make sure that you subscribe to that channel
0: and a great thing too is that season one is now there and available and good thing too uh, a little bit of a preview preview of a preview of a preview but uh, i've been getting together with a couple of the folks in uh, on min max to start plotting out some uh, scripted content So we uh, we will be revisiting our characters uh, from the Glass Dagger here uh, fairly soon as we start putting together some stuff. And um, I've been planning on putting a little vignette here and there to uh, hold us over between seasons as we uh, we gear up to start recording season two.
2: And I also again, you guys, you know, I, I disappear for a while and I come back with all manner of announcements. We actually... I just participated, but it's been going on for a while. Uh, There's a podcast out there called City on a Hill Gaming. They do actual plays. They're family-friendly actual plays. And uh, he has a lot of cool, interesting homebrew content. And he has been doing it for a while. And recently, he teamed up with the folks at Saving the Game. So... They've been doing actual plays for quite a while. I believe his player count is up to six. It's our, th- our friends from Saving the Game and plus a couple other people. But he... That that being the regular content, every once in a while, much like we have bonus content, uh, there's this whole like outer rim of his homebrew world that he's like, I want to just throw some stuff out there and do some random stuff. And so he messaged me and said, "Do you want to participate in this?" And I said, "Abso flipping literally I want to do that." I'm I'm hoping it's probably not the only time I get to do this, but we haven't recorded the next one. But uh my little bonus jaunt into his homebrew setting where I played uh this one, the Warforged Paladin of the Creator. Uh, is up and running, so it's City on a Hill Gaming. You should check that out, because it was a ton of fun to do that, and I really hope that I get a chance to play more with this one and his friend, the little mouse named That Thing.
0: (laughs) No, it's a a good show, and if you wanted to maybe know a little bit more about the Game Master, he's he's actually guest starring on the latest episode of uh, Saving the Game. Oh, and that, that that was a really good conversation to tie it all into yeah. the fact that we're talking about actual play content. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, give them a listen. They're on our network and uh, doing a great job. That's for sure. So I think we'll start doing some segments of our own. Yeah. Uh, I, I I know you're you're tickled pink about, and we're we're working on a couple of other items that we'll uh, we'll start kind of dusting off and and trying some things out here and there.
2: It's like after eight years and 200 episodes, we
0: finally grew into a legitimate podcast. I know that uh, Tr had a great idea about having some polls out on their Facebook group in the uh, in the tavern to be able to, you know, pick the minds of the regulars to see if there are certain things they want us to talk about or questions they want us to answer while we're on the podcast. So start looking for those as we uh, as we post those up, and we'll have uh, have a brief segment where we'll answer some questions from uh, the regulars or from the fans. Um if you guys out there who aren't part of the tavern get in there and join the tavern but if uh, if it's Facebook's not your cup of tea like it used to not be my cup of tea now I'm drinking from the fire hose anyway um, you can always check us out at uh, at our website at inrosministries.com dot com and contact us there but uh, for the time being, let us uh, journey into the past and uh, bring about archive die so I'll uh, I'll I'll just do this one. We'll we'll go back into the ancients of times, and I bring up the old tried and true game of chess. Um, it uh, it it struck home with me, literally, because I actually brought it to my mom's nursing home. And if anybody if any of you out there know me at all, you'll know that I've had some uh, contentious moments throughout my forty some odd years of uh, relationship with my mom. And sometimes we have really good moments where uh, a lot of the animosity falls away, and we can just coexist in one space for a certain period of time. And in this time, it was uh, it was during Easter, and we shared a meal, but we also shared a game of chess. We had uh, we had picked up a real uh, uh, simple board, you know, cheap game board, so that she could play with some of the other residents there at her uh, nursing home. But uh, we actually got a chance to sit down and play it together. And it was a great moment. Uh, this, this particular archive dive is a, is a personal one for me because it was a moment of peace between my mother and I and uh, something that I'll cherish. Uh, a lot of times we talk about the memories that games can create, and this, is a, this was a good one. The, uh, the, the one thing that, I, that struck me about chess and struck me about the situation with my mom and struck me about the situation we all share in life in general is that the game itself. There, if if anybody who doesn't know what chess is, it's basically a one-on-one game set where you have different miniatures or pieces that have different functions. You know, pawns, knights, uh, rooks, uh, castles, and um, or I'm sorry, rooks or castles, and then uh, bishops, and then your king and queen and each of them have different moves each of them have different capabilities and each of them have different functions and normally in chess you want to plan what what would you guys say like maybe 5 to 6 moves ahead is that usually a pretty good strategy
2: i'm absolutely amazed by chess because to play chess like the grandmasters the guys who are like absolutely phenomenal at it literally have move sets memorized i was listening to yeah. an i was listening to an episode of uh, which podcast? It was one of the NPR podcasts, and uh, they were interviewing a chess guy, and they were literally kind of watching the the current championship or whatever it was at the time. And there's a point where you know these people who are recording every move that it that happens in these chess games, and it, it took like like fifteen minutes. Before they finally had a move that hadn't happened before. Like, the game had been so nailed down and so perfect and and so well designed that the the moves just are known. Like, when you move this way, this person should move that way. And it took like 15 minutes of solid play before somebody did something weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, chess to me it's it, that's always been a game that me and my mom have been able to sit down and play together. She was the one that actually taught me how to play, and um, it was my uncle that taught her how to play when he got out of prison. That's where he picked it up at. But yeah, it's it's been a good game for me and my family too. I always say it's the first war game.
0: And for for those of us who aren't grandmasters, and we we usually you want to try and think a few moves ahead, but sometimes. It, when Again, when you don't have the, the patterns memorized, that sort of thing, uh, you you have to reassess at some point. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to move this here, I'm going to move that there, I'm going to do that. Oh, but the, then the, the opponent reason, does something different, right? The reason I
2: cite the Grand Masters is because I am truly horrific
0: at chess. <laughs> <laughs> I am then you then you're horrible. like me then you know that there's there's constant reassessment that you're thinking oh I know if I move my knight there then then I can do this and then I can do that and then I can do this and then I realize wait I'm not taking into account the other the opponent has a turn as well and so I'm just constantly reassessing Seriously, the number of times that I am like in
2: my head going, "This is the best move. This is going to set me up so great. This is going to be wonderful." And it's like, "Boom, boom, checkmate!" Nope. The other person wins. And <laughs> the number of times that happens is a very large number.
1: See, now I will tell you, my daughter is on. She is a member of the chess club at her local nice. middle school. Um. So anytime she gets in trouble at home, I say, "Hey." I can either ground you, or you can beat me at a game of chess, and that's when she looks at me and "Like, Dad, I suck," and just walk away. <laughs> it's like I'll take my grounding. <laughs>
0: at some point, he just learned to accept it. Yeah. So, is the bargain such that if she did beat you, she wouldn't be grounded?
1: Yeah, usually. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'd take she's... a shot. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, she she's afraid to. Because he plays uh. with those kids all the time. And you know, and I will say that they have proven that at a very young age, if you start playing chess at a very young age, your mind doesn't, isn't already locked into all the moves and stuff that Grandmasters, like you know, the older guys do. So, mm-hmm. therefore, newer moves can be picked up a lot easier. Interesting. Kind of like
0: languages or something. Yeah. Well,
2: right, because chess
1: has, I mean, the reason
2: that, all those, all that craziness happens with that is because you're taught. Yeah. If you if you go in saying I want to be really good at chess, that's how you're taught. You're taught somebody opens with this, you respond with this. Yeah. And so the idea of somebody going along saying, "But what if we don't?" <laughs> yeah. So she
1: plays with a bunch of uh, nerds. Nerds. It's <laughs> the best way to put it. Nerds.
0: Well, you know what, then it'll be, I want to know the day that she actually, not that I'm expecting her to get grounded all the time, but <laughs>
1: you don't know my daughter,
0: <laughs> but um, the day she actually accepts the challenge, you got to let me know. Cause that's, that's going to be a turning point. Yeah. That'll be a turning point right there. I, I, I'm waiting
2: for the day that, that you come home and she already has the chessboard set up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's when yes. we go, what did you do?
0: <laughs> Father, it is time <laughs> Alright, well it, Awesome, I, actually we all have some pretty good uh, Connections with chess there, that's neat Alright, well let's, let, let's jump out of the past And then directly into the future Let's go stumbling forward On the horizon I, I see we have a list here
1: Yes, we have a huge list today I get someone to start out
0: And what's kind of cool is I get to sit back and listen.
1: So, who wishes to start? I'll do it. So, at Gary Khan, I met this awesome dude in the artist alley. His name's Lloyd Metcalf. Now, Lloyd Metcalf is an old-school Dungeons & Dragons artist. And, like, his thing is he plays BX, um, basic And, uh, or B-E-C-M, I I don't know what those mean. I know Basic Expert was BX, so, um, but it's older variants of the original Dungeons & Dragons. So, one of his biggest frustrations lately has been the fact that we don't really have a good RPG magazine anymore. Um, the last attempt was Gygax Magazine that got stopped by Gail Gygax because she really didn't want people to use her husband's name in the magazine. Yeah, it was her stepson's that were actually running the magazine, so I don't know else up that politics, but we we'll just won't discuss that at the moment. But anyway, so we have Maximum HP. First issue comes out in June. It's going to be old school D&D, first edition, OSR, stuff like that. But it's going to be a monthly subscription. You can either go digital for three dollars or in print for six. So I, the first issue I got was for three bucks. See how it is. If it's worth it, I mean, heck, he does ad space for fifty dollars for a half page ad. And you're not you're not putting your neck out for three bucks. You might as well. Yeah, yeah I know. So I mean, <laughs> and Lloyd's a pretty good, dude. So I'm very excited about that, and we discussed it in length a little bit. So mike do you want to go next
2: there's part of me that wants you to just get the next one out of your system (laughs) because we all know that like it's bubbling over (sighs) well
1: yeah okay anyway so (laughs) the last episode i was on which was episode 200 i mentioned that we are going to have the fantasy grounds kickstarter for the unity upgrade it has kicked off today. Today we are recording on May 1st and today was the first day of the Kickstarter. It is already funded. It was funded within the first hour. The it, this is just an upgrade. It's and to me I had to justify it by saying this is Fantasy Grounds 2.0. So we're buying it version two of the software. And for 60 bucks, to me, that was a good good deal. Yeah. We're getting a lot of really good upgrades for this. It's going to be Unity, which means it'll work on Mac, on Linux. Um, it's going to use less less resources and things like that. But anyway, so yeah, it did kick out. Um, there's different tiers that you can purchase in on based upon how long you've had your Fantasy Grounds license. Um, the way they did it, the older your account is, the more you have to pay because of the fact that you've had it longer, and they didn't want the people that had just purchased the ultimate license to have to, you know, pay a large chunk of money, which I'm okay with that, especially considering... That's an interesting perspective. Uh,
0: I, I actually kind of agree with that because of the, the distance of pay. I know that usually being a being somebody who's kind of first to the first to the catch is
1: usually the one who kind of benefits the most, but that actually makes sense. Well, the comment I made originally was they have me buy the D twenties, so because I've got <laughs> a lot of I have a lot of books through them. I bought I buy a lot of my uh, stuff digital through uh, Fantasy Grounds, so mm. um, I mean to keep my collection relevant.
0: Refresh my my memory here, and and definitely not going for a knock against it because I'm excited as as you are. Uh, the is is there is there space in this new Unity platform to be able to handle mobile, or is it? You mentioned Linux and and,
1: and Mac. If you have a a mobile device that that runs straight Linux. Or, like, my tablet is a Windows tablet, so therefore I can run it on there. Um, At the moment, they are not looking to go mobile as far as phones. They said that it's going to be in the future. It's It's on their list, but right now, no. And 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 the
0: only thing I I mean, the one thing I can think of is just because Fantasy Grounds is such a robust system.
1: Actually I don't think it would be. Um the really? the issue that and I've actually talked to Doug about this before that um make a mobile version but make it for the player only. The DM has to run a PC variant. So okay. the the DM will be running that. He'll have control over everything and then on the mobile platform they just do their roles and pick what they're gonna attack and yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, I play mobile on Roll Twenty. I mean,
0: is there are there any thoughts about linking it to like D and D Beyond or something like being able to port files?
1: No. Um. The reason being is D and D Beyond is its own entity away from Wizards. It's not an actual Wizards product. It's another no, company. Right. Um. So therefore, D and D Beyond does their own thing. Uh. They're actually working on their own uh tabletop at the moment. Uh, hopefully it'll come out in the future. I don't know how well that's going to be, but recording. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the, um, the beyond will be out eventually with theirs, but I, I don't think it will be as good as unity because fantasy grounds has been doing this since 2009. All right. Are, are, are we done? Have, have you, have you gotten away from
2: all of the, the wonder that is fantasy ground? Have it's nice to see some tropes have not gone away in my absence.
1: Well, no, I mean, well, you realize that me and Jeff don't argue over it anymore. That is true. Mm-hmm. The, well, that's the because
0: pe- we also found a, a stepchild that we might be able to share.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's amazing. Oh, my gosh.
0: We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> yeah,
1: but and, and that that's actually going to be a... Uh, we're going to do a... Uh, we're not going too much into it. We're, I've got to contact the developer. I haven't had time. But we're going to do a thing with the developer on this, and we're going to let them show off their product. So, um, we're going to do a video uh, podcast, or a video vlog, or whatever on that one. So, hopefully soon, I'll get that set up. And then... But yeah, no, me and Jeff have come to happy little medium. He doesn't knock it. I don't knock his. I'm actually getting ready to play one of his games on Roll20, and... I haven't had any complaints ooh, about it.
0: Out oh, of the Ape.
1: <laughs> anyway. Looking forward yeah. to it.
0: <laughs> All right, Mike, take it away, man. Just before he reclaims it, go. Go!
2: All right. Now, the last time I was here, you know, post your introduction of On the Horizon, y'all gave me grief about the fact that I'm the board game guy. And I didn't talk about a board game, in fact, I talked about Arcana of the Ancients, which by the way, my wife, being a beautiful and wonderful human being, uh made Arcana of the Ancients our anniversary present. <laughs> what that's so sweet uh, that's beautiful so i will be I will be getting that glorious book but Yay. uh i I decided that this time I have to make up for that by bringing lots of board games. There you go now, to be fair. Uh, a lot of these, you know, we're, they're still in the the not really announcing stuff phase of life because Gen Con is still coming up and the the big lists of what's coming out and what's available at Gen Con still haven't gone out yet as as we're recording anyway. So there's nothing like super huge, but stuff that I really wanted to make sure that we talk about, but pretty much... One of them is actually fairly good, big news for board gamers, and two of them are just big news for me. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it this way: it' like like two like like one of my favorite IPs ever, and one of my favorite games ever recently made announcements. So, uh, the the one of my favorite games announcements is a sad one, actually. Because Plaid Hat Games recently announced that with the upcoming two new Phoenixborn decks that they're going to be releasing, those are the last two Phoenixborn decks that they're going to be releasing. The Ashes line is done. They have stopped. Thank goodness. You're, you're a terrible person. <laughs> you're, you're mean, and I don't like you. <laughs>
1: So mean Wait, so uh, mean spirited. So I'm, I'm just giving you our time Mike. Oh, I know.
2: Man. I know. Uh I have said it before. I will continue to say it. Ashes is my favorite head-to-head game. It is probably my favorite card game. And it is even one of I, I can't say it's like top two player game, but it's it's up there, man. I love Ashes a lot. And because I haven't been here to talk about it recently, I will just give you a very brief overview if you're listening to us now and you started listening to us in my absence uh, i will give you the brief overview it is a head-to-head card game much like your magic the gathering you are summoning allies and casting spells from cards but unlike that game and unlike many games that came after it the energy that you use to play those cards do not come from other cards they come from dice and so you are playing as a Phoenix born, uh, a person who has been imbued by the the death of the Phoenix, which is the mythical creature, uh, with certain powers, and at the the to really, really reduce the story of the Phoenix Born, uh, it's Highlander. You are all all the Phoenix Born are trying to take out the other Phoenix Born to absorb that much more power of the Phoenix and become that much more powerful. Some of them are doing it for honorable reasons, to defend their people, to, you know, bring peace and unity, and some are really, really not. <laughs> some of them are very, very angry and twisted. Uh I- I'm just gonna put it out there. You can go ahead and get the the base game and experience uh Jessa and her blood puppets. Like, some of them are very not nice, but, uh, they have been continually releasing extra decks. And with these last two, it will be the last of them. And I, I'm i really... I understand because in a world full of two-player games... And, and they're even releasing other two-player... Like uh, Clash of Clans. Not Clash of Clans. uh, Crystal Clans. Sorry. uh, Crystal Clans is coming out, which is something that, that they're... It's another head-to-head game that Plaid Hat's doing... Uh, and in a world of, of all sorts of different card games, it's hard to maintain a presence in that space. So I completely get that the line is ending, but yeah, man, it hurts. I, I love this game. This artwork is literally, this is a game that I point to that says that board game and card game art is at another level. Fernando Suarez can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned, but um yeah, the I'm gonna tell you that if you want to get into Ashes, now is a very good time because as they're wrapping it up, like if you're in Texas, there's a tournament coming out that uh, called the Complete Your Collection Tournament. I, if I was in Texas, I would be entering it because the prize package for it is insane. But like it it's just a really good game, and I'm sad to see it end. Uh and I look forward to Eventually getting every Phoenix born that I don't currently own.
0: And and uh I
2: I think you might have mentioned it, maybe not, but the artwork on this is it's it's all Fernanda Suarez. It is entire. it's all her. She is phenomenal. Yeah, the, the graphic design is great, the game is great, everything's great. I love Ashes, I I you know, Ashes Till I Die. Uh please go look at that game. I will, I will happily, if you're if you're at some place where I am, I will gladly teach you ashes. The one that is involved with the IP that is important to me is there's a Hellboy board game that looks really really good. Wait, wait,
1: wait. You mean Heckboy? Heckboy. Heck boy. <laughs> We're a Christian podcast, Mike. You're using that language here. Ah, uh, I'll call him Red. How about that? <laughs> No, uh,
2: the Hellboy board game looks really good. In a lot of ways, it looks like a standard kind of dungeon crawl uh, featuring the folks from the BPRD and and Hellboy, which please, if you don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to Hellboy, do not look at the most current abomination movie. Oh, please don't look at that movie. It's ugh, if, ugh. You want, if you want movies, look back at the Guillermo del Toro movies. If you want the really good stuff, uh, find the comic books. Uh, I, I, I think the reason that the current movie really hurts me is because it's based off of the wild hunt arc, which is absolutely amazing. And the fact that they made that movie off of it hurts me, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that here. There are other podcasts where I can rant about and in board, fa- game,
0: board game, board game, board game.
2: <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, you know, here's a, a hint. Uh, I, there has been another podcast that has reached out to me about Hellboy because they know how much I love about it so there's probably going to be some some time in the not entirely distant future where you'll hear me talk about that but um, the board game really neat not only because it takes this IP that I love and puts it in a dungeon crawler but I'm really interested in the idea that you get a certain number of action points and you can actually kind of use those actions to rather either do separate actions like separate smaller actions like attack 3 times or do three things or you can use those actions and kind of pile them up to upgrade the dice that you use so making you're basically making your attack or or whatever you're doing the the damage that it does or the the chance of success increases so you you're doing fewer things but you are upgrading your dice And I'm really interested in the way that plays out specifically, and I won't take too much more time with this one just because the game is a standard dungeon crawl, and if you're not as tied to the Hellboy IP as I am, it's a dungeon crawler.
1: So. Let me let me ask you though when you talk about upgrading your dice. Mhm. So are you saying like as you level along you use like larger dice for your rolls?
2: You percent? you use if if you've ever seen kind of the 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 fantasy flight Star Wars kind of system like the different types of dice have more slash bigger successes on them?
1: Okay. Cuz I mean like Savage Worlds the way it works is um as you level up, you buy bigger dice like you if you if you'll go from like a d ten to a d twelve for an attack
2: no it it's not that it is it is more like the fantasy flight idea whereas like if you buy this dice you might get one or two successes aside mm-hmm. if you get this die it's like three four or ridiculous oh, okay like you right. up you upgrade the- the amount of successes you're
1: going to get right okay makes sense.
2: But yeah, I, I love it. It features the the old school Mike McNola artwork, which is what made me fell in, fall in love with Hellboy at the at the first place. Uh yeah, I really want it. I want it bad. It 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 yeah, they're they're doing pre-orders now and I want it. Uh in a piece of Kickstarter news, uh I don't I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's basically like if you love this game, this is more of this game. But uh as we're recording, uh, there's Terraforming Mars Turmoil. It's interesting because, one, it's the first Terraforming Mars Kickstarter. Normally, they just go straight to retail with it. Uh, the other reason that I want to point it out is because if you like Terraforming Mars is one of the top 10 games on BGG, like people love it. Yeah, consistently. It's consistently. Stephen Bonacore on multiple occasions has talked about it being his evergreen title like he can always reprint Terraforming Mars because it will always sell out. But the other reason is that one of the biggest complaints about Terraforming Mars is that the player mats are useless because uh the every like all it takes is somebody to bump that table and everything goes flying. They have listened and in this Kickstarter and in turmoil you can get multi-layered player mats so that you can literally put your stuff into like it sinks into the player mat and so it will not get knocked around that's exciting for people who are
0: excited about that sort of thing yeah well especially when you think about how long it takes to set stuff up and when people move and that kind of thing it's like i'm not filming this board the whole time if somebody shifts something it's over
2: (laughs) oh yeah no i
0: As a guy who has been involved in a game
2: where somebody nudged the table, I completely understand the frustration. And then the last one I want to talk about, mostly because it's a force to be reckoned with, um, Critical Role did a Kickstarter. They said, we want to take our first campaign, the Vox Machina campaign, and make an animated series out of it. And they said it'll be fun. You know, they're all voice actors, so that's yeah. that's a no brainer. So it's just like, you know, let's get a, a an animator and animate it and we'll do we'll do whatever. Ten million dollars.
0: Yep. Jeez.
2: Over ten million dollars. They actually had a party in which and this was this was adorable to to see. Uh I don't really I can't I say see, but I, I've never been able to catch the actual live broadcast of of anything Critical Role does, so I always have to do it on the podcast. So I'm listening as these guys are nerding out because Joel Hodson from Mystery Science Theater went to their studio to celebrate the fact that Mystery Science Theater was eclipsed as the largest, the most successful, uh, what's called, television, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. series? Uh on Kickstarter. So Joel actually went to them to, to congratulate them for being the most funded series and they all nerded out
0: so hard. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Is it as far as the most funded um I'm trying to remember was Veronica Mars? Was that a Kickstarter as well? I can't remember. It was
2: a Kickstarter. I don't I don't think it was
0: as I don't think it raised as much Right. Well, yeah, I, I mean obviously with you know Vox Machina is the top now. I was just I was wondering if that was in the list. Anyway. But yeah, that's pretty cool though. 10 million bucks. That's a lot.
2: So there's going to be all sorts of di- there's like a season, like a like a Christmas kind of one that they're doing. They're doing a special one shot that that like plot line that they're animating. Like there's all sorts of different stretch goals. Um I think my favorite one though is as a joke they put up a stretch goal that if they if they hit the 10 million mark if you don't know the series, uh one of the actors, Travis Willingham, he's a giant of a man. Like he is a huge beast of a dude who apparently gets really really scared going in haunted houses. Oh, and so yeah. they're actually going to film him
1: <laughs>
2: going through a haunt. they they put it out there as a joke and then they met they hit the 10 million dollar mark so
0: yes! they're going to have to do it yes! now. That's insane. uh, Get the low-light cameras and everything, man. Let's do it. Oh, yeah.
1: I'll tell you, I wish I got those stinking D20s they did for Vox Machine. They look amazing.
2: I'll tell you what, man. Every piece of of artwork and and gear and everything. uh, In fact, at some point in my life, I even looked at – speaking of D&D Beyond, I even uh, looked at the – the character class that Matt Mercer put together called the blood hunter. I would totally run a blood hunter. That thing looks amazing, but, but yeah, no, the reason I bring that one up is, is that I was not a backer of this mostly because I have no money right now. Uh, but I am definitely looking forward to this animation because the vox machina campaign was like some of my favorite parts of role playing like the funny parts were exceptionally funny the the deep stuff was like gut punch deep like it's so amazing to to be able to see that animated to to see this cuz cuz the artwork that they've done for it is amazing the fan art that has been out there has been amazing so the idea that this is going to be an animated series i and, and not only that, but even on the meta level, the fact that so many people were rallied behind a bunch of nerds playing role-playing games. Because <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day, that's like that's literally how they introduce it. It's it's a, vo- a bunch of nerdy voice actors get together to play D&D, and they decided to record it. That's literally how they opened the show. <laughs> and the fact that such a force of nature that the the critters have become is, is it's really interesting to me. And I I love that, that cool art is coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And they've got to, I mean, it's going to take them some time to like go through the archive, the hours and hours and, in trying to put that into like a scripted form. But I mean, they've got the, they've got the means and the talent to do it. So they got the money to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Now they have the money to, to do it. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing what comes out of that. It's gonna be a, gonna be a good time, and it's so funny too with them all being voice actors that it's gonna be them again, right? It's gonna be them. That's that's really cool. Um, well, you know what? We've gone so far out onto the horizon. I don't know if we can find our way back, but we'll make it work.
1: Yeah, we'll make work. it work. We work. We'll make it
0: work. So it, at the at the onset of the show, a little hint at what we were thinking about. I mean, it's the opening of spring. It's May first. Uh, some of our areas that aren't under the the weirdness of weather, climate, or climate change, and just the the stuff that's going on right now out there. Um, yeah, there's there's hints of spring here and there, right? I I think I saw there was a snowstorm somewhere last week, but we'll, Chicago, we'll move on from that. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, right? right? Yeah. So sorry, Chicago. That we we understand. Uh, but uh, here in Southern California, spring has sprung, and uh, so I thought it would be a nice little uh, quick topic to to talk. I'm looking at Mike's camera right now, and I'm seeing a whole slew of games
1: that are behind him. Hey, there's a whole slew of games behind me too, but they're in Rubbermaid containers. <laughs> <laughs> it's all been sprung, clung, Clean. yes. cleaned, cleaned, yeah. cleaned,
0: clung. I don't know. Anyway. So the the thought the thought process behind this is that as we go into spring a lot of times there's this moment of renewal that we want to be able to look at our lives and think all right do we do we take the Marie Kondo approach and start finding out what sparks joy and then this is the these are the things that we keep close to us um, I used to have this, uh, I forgot who I got this information from or this advice from, but I would look at something that was in my closet. And if I hadn't touched it in a year and it wasn't seasonal, like a code or something like that, it had to go. Either it would be donated or I would gift it to somebody specifically or try and sell it somehow. So that's That was kind of my method. And it wasn't something that I was looking at to, you know, as as Kondo puts it, to spark joy or something
1: like that. It was just a matter of yeah. time. Yeah, I, I just uh, so i'll 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 start. I'll lead off with this. Yeah. So my wife started watching her thing on Netflix. Yeah. I watched one episode and I got up and walked away. <laughs> Cause you because you know what's coming next. I know. Man. I know exactly what's coming next. And you my know wife, it. My wife was standing in in the area where the games are stored, and she's like. Daniel, which one of these games spark joy to you the most? I said, well, just And which
0: one of these games can we fold into a tiny square?
1: I said, they all spark joy on some level in my heart.
0: <laughs> now, if you could have worked up uh, like a single tear to go down your cheek at that moment, that would have been just absolutely perfect. That would have been the moment.
1: Well, and, and so like, We part of this is we are getting ready to sell our house. Uh We are, um, you know, remodeling right now. We're going through everything and cleaning it up. So I'm out with a lot of trash, and uh, that I've built up over the years of storing church crap. Um, and I do. Well, I'm just going to use this people. If your church asks you to store boxes and boxes of things in your bo- basement, don't do it. Don't do it. They just don't want to pay for the storage. Just uh, yeah, tell them the you you'll give them the first month's storage. Where did I get this giant box of WWJD bracelets? No, it was more like clothes that we had gotten for people, like people donated for us to give out to the homeless. But like they're oh, so okay. out of date, the homeless wouldn't even wear them. So. Um, but anyway, so we we went through this whole process. So here we are. We're actually going through our clothes. Jessica's like, when was the last time you wore that? I was like, 97. <laughs> she's like. And it's a
0: printed T. It's out of here.
1: <laughs> no, she, she's like, why are you keeping it? I said, well, I'm getting ready to have weight loss surgery, Jessica. I'll be able to fit into it again. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> we went through that. But And then we started. She's like, well, let's go through your games. I was like, all right, let's do this. And you know what? We ended up throwing some games away, two copies of Monopoly. That was it.
0: <laughs>
1: we could set that on fire for all I <laughs> yeah. care. But yeah, I mean, but what I ended up doing was buying a lot of Rubbermaid containers, and um, mm. because a lot of the games we don't, I don't get to the table, and that's mainly because they're the mobile library for me. So yeah. I take them to events, and so. What I left on the shelf was the stuff my family actually plays. Okay. So now
0: now everything is like basically in a bug out box.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to throw it in the back of the car. What food? We don't need food. We have Parcheesy. <laughs> Where are we going? We don't need food. Cheesy is in the name. We're good. <laughs> but I did sell one game, and y'all are going to hate me for this. Uh-oh. Which one? HeroQuest.
0: You really? You did? I sold it to that, Sean. No, did you? I'm, oh, you sold I'm, it to Sean. Okay, so it's got a good home. All right, that's good. Okay,
1: that's good. All right,
0: because we have to we have to vet the person who's going to buy it. Right?
1: And I gave
2: we, him we, a know. really good deal on it. I'm I'm not going to lie. If if I found my copy, like the one I played when I was a kid, as opposed to the one that I was given because some a very good friend of mine said, "You keep talking about this. You need to have it." Like, I would feel bad getting rid of that copy, but if I, if my dad, like, texts me and says, We were cleaning out the basement and found this old copy of Hero Quest, that sucker would be on eBay so fast. Yeah, I mean,
1: so, <laughs> so, okay, so Jessica's like, Well, what do you, she said, This is one of your white whales. And I said, Yes, it is, but it is a very good game to me. I love it, but my children don't love it. And therefore, yeah. they told me it was dumb and stupid when we played it, and that we they never want, that. yeah, and they never want to play it again. And you carry,
0: you carry a lot of hurt from that, Daniel. Well, it's, it's not really
1: it. that; it's they're spoiled with modern games, right? And yeah. so, like, they don't know that we well, came from Monopoly being the only game in the house to Hero Quest.
2: I've had I've had people borderline send me hate mail when i say that you know as far as actual just gameplay i keep hero quest around for the board yeah like as far as actual gameplay i wouldn't play hero quest anymore just because stuff has come along that has been built off of what hero quest and those type of games did
1: i had a copy of mutant chronicles the board game back in the day I don't know if you ever saw that one, but they got, I yeah. have, I, and, it and, you know, and it's just one of those things, you, you can't get the kids to play them, I, what, what's the point of having them?
0: Yeah, and, and when you have, when you have a family that's enough to, like, fill a board game table, you want to get the games that everybody's going to play, you want to leverage that group.
1: In our family, it's mostly card games, and yeah. it saddens me. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you gotta I, you gotta go with it. You gotta yeah, my son this, keeps so.
1: bringing out these ashes decks, and I keep throwing them across the room. You're, oh, you're a
0: no. terrible person.
2: You're you're a, a you are you are the worst. You are the worst person, and I don't like you.
1: <laughs> now, actually, I'm t- I taught my kids how to play Magic Man. Uh, because of the fact
2: that it's free, uh, I've been playing Magic Arena.
1: Yeah, I got my
2: I got my account set up by the way. And and I I I'm not gonna lie. I I still like Magic. I do too. <laughs>
0: Well, Oh, 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 it's magic I mean, you know Exactly
2: uh, I can do it you know, We're already running long yeah. Because you brought me back And that's what happens When you put me into this mix <laughs> But uh, I think we could do a whole episode On my resurgence of love for magic And discovering how to play with planeswalkers Because they weren't even a thing When I was playing magic
0: We're back when I played magic together And ain't no such thing as a planeswalker I had
2: to explain to somebody how long it's been and I had to look up when the the last expansion that I remember was the last one that I remember was released in 97 wait, so. wait a minute
1: really which yeah, one was that
2: uh, I forget what I even forget what it was like I, I, I remember I had I had the list in front oh of
0: me my gosh. <laughs> but yeah it
2: was it was released in 97 for me when it comes to the spring cleaning stuff like I have a, a a system, as it were, because it's hard. Because there are like, I've I've often shared on this podcast that there are games that are currently on my shelf that are only there because other people like mm-hmm. them. right, right. That that there are games that I have in my possession that if it was just me and my preferences, I would not own them. Right. Because I just don't care. How about, about
1: that it. march of the ants back there?
2: I have. I I want to play it. I I want to play march of the ants. And
1: that's because it came from Luke GaGaX.
2: <laughs> well, that's the added <laughs> bonus. But uh, no, but I actually I really want to play march of the ants. When somebody explains to me that it's 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 basically Eclipse, but you're playing as ants. Bring it on. Yeah. yeah. But like, there's there's lots of stuff that. I hold on to because of inroads because of getting other people to table. So I can't just straight up get rid yeah. of them because I I run gaming events. People consistently ask for these games and so I have to have them. But at the same point, you know, even some of those I'll get rid of, I'll trade or I'll sell or both. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I have no problem getting rid of stuff to clear space. Like, I just got rid of a bunch of stuff, you know, tail end of last year. Some of which I loved, but never got to the table. Uh, the Lysites, our friends from Kara Games. Uh, the Lysites have my copy of Star Wars Armada. Ah, man, because Because, basically, Pat looked at me and said... Uh, oh my goodness, my kids will love this. We will constantly play it. I'm like, good. It needs, it needs a home where somebody's going to love it and play with it. Because right now they're just cool ships that, that sit on my shelf. So I'm like, it's yours. Enjoy. Um, some of it is that, and some of it is just like, When people, when it's a game that I don't like, but, and then it stops getting asked for, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. Munchkin. Yeah. Munchkin Mm -hmm. stopped getting asked for, and I don't like that game. And so I got rid of my copy of Munchkin. You
1: can't say that.
2: What do you mean I can't say that? I
1: just got a buttload of games from Steve Jackson games.
2: I know. And a lot of those games are wonderful. And there are even different versions of Munchkin that I love the one like with the munchkin of the apocalypse because it has a hard stop.
1: Listen, I'm I'm not going to lie. I like munchkin.
2: <laughs> and good. Enjoy <laughs> it. That's 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 why it can be on your shelf and not mine. But um but yeah, I have no problem with with any concept of getting rid of games because they're just they're things. And what was really interesting was is that the guys that shut up and sit down recently released a video Where Quinn's admitted, he's like, I still have this game. And I won't, you can watch their video. I'm not going to go into the details of which games he said this for. He said, There are certain games that I own, not because I like the game, but because I like this one time that we played that game. And every time I look at it on my shelf,
0: I remember that play. Now, see, if I, if I told my wife that, she would say, well, I'm going to take a picture of it for you. Yes. And I'm going <laughs> to put it on the wall in a nice frame, <laughs> yes. and I'm going to superimpose your friends into it, and they're going to get rid of that box. That's what my wife would say. <laughs> and you know what? I got to admit, I probably would agree with her. But by the same token, I completely understand that sentiment, the, the texture of it. When you go and you pick it up, you're know, like, oh, geez, that was good. That was really good.
1: There's just, there's just a feeling when you pick up a linen box. Mm. Yeah. And the feel of you realize that this box is going to last years compared to the cheap crap boxes that monopoly comes in. And then
0: (laughs) (laughs) the highly combustible boxes that monopoly comes in. Yes. But no,
1: I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I've been getting a lot of first edition D and D books in the mail because I'm starting to build up my collection of these. Anybody have any, they want to send me, that's fine. Um, But no, to Grab books I held in high school, and used in high school. I'm just—it brings back so many memories. Like I—I I just received a copy of Dragonlance Adventures from 1987. Oh my goodness! And That's and cool. you know what? I've got Greyhawk Adventures on the way. Nice. And that, was a good memory. Th- that book is by James Ward. I just helped that dude fix his computer this week. <laughs> <laughs> And cool. It's so weird that, it you is, know, right. that, but but weird. the whole these books that we played with in high school, I, I sit there and remember the times at the table, um, we played every morning at high, in high school at our lunch table. And, and so we, we, we get there at school, we'd get there an hour early and we'd grab our breakfast from the, the breakfast line, sit down and play d d for an hour before school started. And then... The rest of the day was magic. Get a break. Played magic, 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 and then after. I'll
0: go another. I'll go another. Um, uh, sense of uh, another one of the five senses, uh, smell. Mm -hmm.
1: Smell on certain
0: games. So like, I had a set of uh, first edition and second edition Shadowrun books that. I think it was probably about five years ago. I I went ahead and I sold. Um, I sold to a local uh, game store because there was like a resurgence in Shadowrun for some reason, um, especially for the even the old, old convoluted rules. Anyway, I loved those books because they all smelled like cigarettes. And I know that sounds weird, but they smelled like cigarettes and tobacco because the place where I gamed was at a couple of my buddies' house, and they were and they were or apartment, and they were change smokers. I would bring a set of clothes just to wear when I was there. And then I would change those clothes and leave them in the trunk of my car or in the garage or or whatever. And those would be my gaming clothes because they would always smell like cigarettes. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) I mean, they get washed, obviously, but but those are the memories. You know, I I sat there and I was selling the books and I smelled them. And the guy's like, "Uh, there's something wrong with that. I was like, no,
1: just good memories. See, um, I had, I had the, I think, I guess, second edition Shadowrun book. It was a soft cover, but it had the the picture of the decker and the 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 lady and the other guy, the ganger, shooting up at the other people on it. And um, I, I just remember it because it was in color. Yeah. And 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 you know, it's one of the books my mom made me burn in high school. But yet, Ooh. you know, I had it. You know, but I yeah, in I had it in my hands. I, I read that book religiously waiting for my friends to be like, all right, Daniel, run us some shadow run. <laughs> yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, you know, it, I know there's not a lot of room left here for the turn, but there's there was a few sets of scripture that we had set up for this that was kind of focused on the whole spring cleaning and that that kind of renewal time. And I actually like the direction this conversation went in because we're talking about like the different methods of how we, you know, quote unquote, clean up. How do we kind of reassess our lives and, and say, okay, what's, what's really important to us? And I think the definition of that changes over the years as we get older and we realize, you know, what's really cherished in our hearts. And um, one of the passages I have is, uh, is Genesis 8.22, which says, uh, while the earth remains, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease, and you know time marches on, and we we go through cycles where we have different interests and we have um, different needs, and I mean specifically needs like you know we need to have food and that sort of thing, but but we also have uh, the the things that really, I have to borrow that phrase again, that spark joy in our lives, uh, that creates history for us amongst friends, amongst family. You you make choices for your family, right? You know, uh, Daniel, talking about the games that you put aside because you want the ones that bring the family to the table. Yes. Um, I think that that means a lot. You know, Mike citing some of the things that, uh, you know, like memory gets sparked, you have... The 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 idea that, you know, they kind of have a similar thing, your extended family, your gaming family, these are the things that they come to the table for. And you know that when they come over to your house or you go over to their house, they say, hey, do you have that copy of Abyss with you? Or do you have, you know, something like that? And you're like, yeah, because I love you and I know who you are. I know you're going to ask for this. So here it yeah. is.
2: So. Yes, I, I absolutely love Abyss. Fact, <laughs> Abyss is not one of the games I have because somebody else
0: wants it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um yeah, so it, it's it's something to think about as spring is in the air. To uh, to think about that renewal, to think about that time to clean up and and uh, you know bring some old games out to bring out some old friends or you know maybe pass them along. Like giving a friend a cut rate deal on your cherished heart game like Hero Quest, and uh, seeing the joy in their eyes when they get a chance to play it with their friends and family nearby. Yeah, so it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So on that bombshell always remember that god is the game master and no matter how the dice fall the game plays on nice work kids